You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Empire. Welcome back to the All's Caps podcast with the uh, former Capitals defenseman Carl Alsner. I'm Steve Wino. We're still doing this. Still doing it. Well, this, is, this is uh, the morning after uh, Caps Rangers season opener. What What were your thoughts? A 5-1 win. Alex Ovechkin scores twice. Hendrick Slapierre. Uh, you, you got uh, licked in the eyeball by Biscuit, the, the, the puppy. What, what are your thoughts on the opener? Yeah, well, I mean, it was a heck of a game. I think that was... Uh, for the most part, pretty much what people wanted to see, right? They wanted to see a big win, wanted to see Ovi score, uh, wanted to see what some of the young guys could do. Um, so yeah, it was it was a solid game. I was I was pretty impressed all around. I thought a bunch of guys had had really good showings, which was nice. Um, you know, I was I was really curious about you know how the D were going to do. We talked about that, and and they did good too. So um, yeah, I mean that that was that was a really fun game to watch. I guess the only thing. That I'm sure people were talking about is they probably thought there was going to be more fireworks. We all thought there was going to be fights, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, I had to leave my seat at one point, and I was like, God dang. Like, I don't want to leave my seat right now just in case something happens. But, you know, the guys had talked about it before that that wasn't the whole point of this game. So it was it was kind of nice to see the way it shook out. But, I mean, I mean, th- those are my takeaways. I don't know if you saw anything special with, with these guys, but this was uh, this was fun. I had a little bit of everything. Yeah. Did you, is this your first game you actually went to as a fan, like a, a real <laughs> like regular season game? Uh, since I was in junior, yeah. Since we, we played, since I played in Calgary, and we got to share the rink with the Flames. So I got to watch a couple games there when I was, probably would have been 17. 17 or 18 was my last game. So, yeah, it's been a good 15 years. But what, what is <laughs> it? How, like, the fact that you hadn't seen a game since you've actually become a pro hockey player. Yeah. What was it like watching it like that? I know you had some responsibilities during the game and all that, but like, yeah. what was it like watching that game, watching a game from the stands and, and doing all that? Yeah, so it was it was cool because I love being at the rink. Um, what What's tough about opening night or any night is you always go with, you know, a little, kind of a little pit in your stomach. You got, you have a job to do. So you're, you can't really focus on anything else. You, you only can take in so much, you know. It's part of it that's, it's a tough balance because you want to go out there and enjoy what's going on every single time, but you have this this pretty important job that you have to do that it's sometimes hard to to really fully enjoy all that stuff. So this was cool, but I said this to my wife Mandy while we were there. It's like I love being here watching the game right now, but I can't focus. And when I'm here at a at a hockey <laughs> game, I want to focus on the game. So I want to be able to take in a few things and really you know watch the plays develop and see how guys are doing and and all that and. You know, yeah, there were some responsibilities that I had yesterday, so it was it was a little different, but it's always great to be at the rink. Yeah, and then look, Alex Ovechkin scoring twice, obviously the big storyline. Hendricks LaPierre, his first goal, really cool moment, his family in the stands. I actually thought Vitek Vanacek played really well in goal, and, and, and that may have been kind of left in, in in the shadows of this. Is He got a surprise start. We all thought Samsonov was going to start. 
when when you're as a player, that's all you want from a goalie, right? Like he played a solid game. He made the saves that he had to make. Nothing was spectacular, and we move on, right? Yeah, exactly. And well, and what I love too is that is that Coach Laviolette said, you know, he thought he had a great training camp and he earned that yep. start. And that's kind of the way I feel like they need to go with this. Is there's two really good goalies. <laughs> I mean, it's they're both one A at this point, and so it doesn't. I don't think you need to go one guy over the other just right away let let them let them earn the job and whoever's hot play the hot play the hot hand so i think that was sweet i was i was a little bit upset right at the beginning i had to i had to leave my seat to go do something came back and one of the buddies i was with he's like dude you should have just seen the first like six minutes and i look at the clock shots were already six two or whatever and yeah and he said he said he looked good so unfortunately i missed that but you know all signs point to to you know good things at the beginning so it was sweet but yeah just to go back to that ovi thing like yeah i mean there's a I mean, milestone Every year, sometimes a couple a year, and there's a milestone every couple of weeks now. Yeah, at this point, with this like guy, it. but it was it was cool because I thought that his reaction on the bench, like him smiling, that that looked like you know one of the more excited times he's been. Like for all the things he's done, and you know getting to getting to you know how many goals he scored, but getting to the top five, like that's that's something that you just have to sit back and, and think about for a second. Like <laughs> all these names that are on there, like there's no one that's played. You know, in a while, and now, and now you got Ovi in there. Like that was that looked like a really big, genuine smile, and that was really cool. Yeah, and I'm gonna get into this at some point down the road, but it's amazing the difference between Alex's reaction scoring and when we're talking to him after the game. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how many different ways we could ask him, "How great is it that you're passing this guy and that guy, yeah, yeah. and <laughs> you're one step closer to Gretzky and this and that?" Because it looks like he had just like gone to prison. Like his reaction is just like he's not excited to, to like talk about it yeah. but when you see it on the ice it's it's a moment oh yeah and the little, the little pierre moment too like this kid at 19 years old he's got his parents his grandparents his brother his sister his girlfriend all in the stands for this you you, you do you remember your first goal uh, you, like like <laughs> yeah. how can, can and could you feel for for hendrix and, and kind of how awesome that moment was for him oh yeah i mean to score in your first game at home with all your family there like that's the that's one of the dreams you know you're hoping to get get that monkey off your back right away i mean he wasn't even a monkey for him it was it was it just happened and so you can just tell with with the celebration of guys and Especially a good young kid seems seems to be really likable. Yep. Whenever they do anything good, you're just that much more excited for them, right? You like to play with them a little bit more and joke around a little bit more, and then just know all their all their milestones and their big moments are just that much more fun. So it's definitely seemed like that was the case. And <laughs> brought up my first goal. It mine mine was actually in Toronto, which was my favorite team growing up. My dad. My dad just so happened to be there, and I actually didn't even score the goal. Ovi tipped it. So if Ovi comes up one goal short of Gretzky, <laughs> I'll go ahead and sacrifice my first National Hockey League goal, and, and we can go back to the tape and watch it because he tipped my goal, but they never saw it, so they gave it to me. <laughs> so, so in theory, you should have one fewer goal. Yes. Alex Ovechkin should have the, the, should be at 733 right now. Yes, you're exactly right. <laughs> All right, so when he ends up at, at, at 893, 894, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this. We'll revisit at, it, At yes. that point. Um just, I just love Pierre, Pierre for a second. He, this is a kid who just seems. I, I, my memory of him from all the whole camp is just him smiling, like mm-hmm. every, everything on the bench last night. He could not wipe a smile off his face. Do like how, the, the entire aura around this kid is. He, he's here. We don't know if he's going to be here beyond nine games, mm-hmm. but 
do this does the cap do the capitals need him and i know Connor mcmichael's here nick's coming back does this team need him to, to be that kind of player even if it's not scoring a goal every night yeah i mean it's tough to say for sure because there are other other young guys here right now too right like you said mcmichael Ferravari. like there's there's some other youth in the locker room which you you need right you, you need to keep everybody young and everybody fresh and and it's nice to see somebody that excited to be at the rink because you know although it's it's sweet you're still you're in the national hockey league these days get long and and guys get tired and and it's sometimes hard to get up for games and you know and just have that energy but you have a young guy that comes to the rink that brings it every single time it's great do they need him the whole year we have to watch a few more games i guess to figure out you know how important he's going to be to the team but I just love when when someone brings a smile to the rink. Nate Schmidt, like everybody oh, yeah. remembers that he he was like just like rainbows coming out of his face every single day he showed up. It was <laughs> it was like you couldn't you couldn't help but laugh when he was around and and it just you know everybody fed off of that. So um, if he's that guy right now, then you, you take a it's this isn't just like a you know nine game tryout. This is like a serious hard look. Like sure. Not only is this player going to be good for us on the ice, but like you said, is this the guy we need in the dressing room too? That's something that they're going to have to take a good look at. I, speak, I, we asked Jeff Halper in, in the segment coming up if he's watched that OV Backstrom yeah. video. Did you watch Nate Schmidt uh, mic'd up with the Jets? No. This is fantastic. I'll, 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 I'll send you this. He may be the best mic'd up player in NHL history. Really? Just, just like hey, all his little chirps. You've heard them, I'm sure, on the bench, on the end. He's just a pleasure to listen to really? from afar. Yeah, it's interesting because some guys get a little bit more animated when they have the mic. They, you know, they know what they're they're trying to give a little bit. And then there's some guys that are just like that all the time. And is, it's that, is that Nate? It's, yeah. yeah, it's Nate. It's fun when those guys get, get a mic on them. Uh, you mentioned youth. Uh, you you met Biscuit, the the Capitals puppy. Yes. You were on the on the jumbotron with the puppy. Puppy looked you in the eye. Well, can can we talk about Biscuit for a second? <laughs> yes. What was, what, do you like the what 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 was your your meeting like with Biscuit? And he seems to like you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was fun because so we were out on the red carpet before the game, and Biscuit was out there and. Man, did this this puppy command attention? You know, like everybody was out there looking at the dog, and and they should be. This is one of the cutest pups I've ever seen. And so when they said that I got to introduce him be, uh, during the first period, I put in a request, as I think most um, sane people would do, to have them play the Lion King theme song <laughs> and have me hoist him oh, up. You were going to do the Simba camp. Yes, thing. exactly. And they uh, they they said no. For fear that that uh, biscuit would get a little bit nervous when you know everybody cheered and all that, but that was the plan and it was amazing. And we were standing there for probably there's so let's talk about the TV timeouts. There was almost zero TV timeouts for the first uh, first half of the period. I think the first the second timeout came at the five and a half or yeah. Four so it was, you were waiting a while. Yeah, so it was a fast it was a fast game. But anyways, we were hanging out there and and this dog was licking me like crazy and trying to keep <laughs> the mask on and I'm like. This is this is good stuff right here, and then yeah, we, we got our moment, and and Biscuit was uh, was shining, bright shining star there. So it's a good thing to have around the rink. We're both we're both dog people, right? This yes. is yeah. That, the Biscuit <laughs> moment was maybe not the highlight of the game. Alex Ovechkin stole the spotlight from Biscuit <laughs> yeah. and stole the spotlight from Hendrix Lapierre, but that was a, that was a cool one with you on the on the on the jumbo shot. Yeah, it was fun. I'm I'm glad that they asked me to do that. Those are things I like to do. Things that are just kind of sometimes a little bit away from the game, and yeah, just just kind of see. See the other side. I mean, I'm sure they'll have a lot of clips with the guys and and Biscuit at some point here. But yeah, we need to see the other side of hockey. Sometimes. It was it was cool the other day. But we we actually got a chance to meet Biscuit last week and just chewing on Oshie's glove and yeah. just everybody just going over to to, to the dog. No, yeah. dog dog's a very popular teammate. Oh no, kidding! And only 11 weeks old, so well behaved. It's 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 insane. Good training right there. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, 
Let's uh, we're, next segment. We're going to talk to uh, Jeff Halpern about talk a little uh, John Cooper stuff, some lightning stuff, a couple stories about you, and you'll hear that right after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to All's Caps uh, with Carl Alsner. I'm Steve Wino. We are joined by former Capitals forward, two-time Stanley Cup champion, assistant coach uh, Jeff Halpern. Jeff, thanks for thanks for for being here. How's it going? Uh, it's going good. Thanks for having me. You, you guys, you guys were obviously the best team uh, that season, and then to have it kind of cut short, like from 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 your guys' end. What were you thinking? Were you worried that how the guys were going to respond to that? Like, were they going to? When everything did get shut down and it was dragging on as long as it was, were you worried they were just they were going to shut it down a little bit and weren't going to come back as as fired up as they were? I mean, that would have been my worry as even as a player too. Is that you know you always got a few guys that just seem to they just don't take things as serious as the other guys, and that that would be my my worry coming back into a situation like that. Yeah, you know, they, I I don't believe there's an asterisk uh, to that to that uh, playoffs, but. season I mean my, my role on the team was a little bit different but you know I didn't even bother going back and I was mid-summer at that point so I couldn't imagine guys that wanted to you know ha- have to gear up and get back into not only game shape but playoff shape and then have to play so the fact that guys were in in Tampa didn't have to move around a whole lot and we're still probably you know I don't, I don't know how it worked for where they were training and stuff but I'm sure their golf games were doing pretty good, but also they were staying in in relatively good shape. So that that makes a lot of sense. I'm sure you know places like Montreal struggled like that. Well, I think I think our our team in particular. I think we uh, at least the players, um, especially I, I can speak for the coaches, but we sense that like our team was special. Um, I think two or three games before the season got postponed, we played Boston. 
and it was a it was a, a great kind of old school fights and teammates sticking up for each other and and we had just traded for Barkley Goodrell and, and Blake Coleman and our, our like the, the look of our team was different and um, and so I think there was something that the guys recognize as a, as a really good opportunity to um, uh, to have a chance of winning but still going into I remember conversations and and, and Stamkos was hurt going in there, and some of our guys were kind of questioning the, you know, even the the, the validity of the whole thing. And it was, I think it was Carolina, New York, maybe was that first game uh, in the and it was like like it was a war. It was crazy. The guys were guys were killing each other, and it kind of set the tone of the whole thing. And I think every team that got on the ice realized like the, the crowd kind of. This, yeah, there was no crowd, but <laughs> right. the crowd the crowd disappeared, and the game the intensity of the games was still there. And I, I think that opened up everyone's eyes to just how good the hockey was and how significant everything was. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That, the other thing I'm so curious about too is I'm talking to the guys here in Washington the, the year that they won, and asking you know like what's the difference? What like what puts you over the hump, or what's the feeling? between a team that has a great regular season and then can't make it through the playoffs and then those teams that that just find a way. And even talking to Troy Brower when he was here, I'm like, what was the difference with you guys in Chicago? And he said for him it was health and they they got the bounces when they needed the bounces against teams that they had struggled against at times. And, and it was very similar here, talking to some of the guys, saying that they they were relatively healthy and and same thing, they were able to you know, have pucks go their way that haven't in the past. And, you know, we always talk about creating your luck and stuff like that, but sometimes it just happens as well. And, and I'm, I'm curious because you, you guys were, I mean, everybody had a, had a feeling at least that you guys were going to win. Um, but did you sense anything different, like coming from doing it as a player now being, being on the bench um, and watching it from behind the bench, did you sense anything different for any of those years? Were they different? Well, uh, they, they were different. I, I think as a player, you you always kind of you know you, you sit around and whether it's at dinner or like in, you know in the locker room and, and you just you just kind of piece together how you possibly you know like there's a chance you can win and you know, like yeah, if, you know this if this goes right if we can get this production from these guys then we, you know we have a chance and and um, and you, you kind of look back at every season you 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 see where the holes are. And you know, and where things went wrong, and you kind of look back and say, yeah, you know, maybe we didn't have as good a chance as we thought. And I think with this team, um, and I, uh, the guys I spoke to in Washington that won kind of similarly, you just kind of put your head down, and all of a sudden you win a game and you win a series, and you look around, and you know that first year, uh, I think you know Colorado gets knocked out in the second round, Vegas gets knocked out in the third round. And so some of those teams that were, you know, you, you, you eye as, as, as real rivalries, including Washington that, that year, that we had built our team around to try to beat, and they got knocked out by the Islanders. And so all of a sudden, that you know, that team's out. And really, you know, all of a sudden you're just kind of one of those things where you're still standing, you're still standing. And I, I think the biggest thing, though, looking at that team was we, we'd always had a really good team. Uh, we had really good skill, um, but I think when I think we had an answer when teams flexed their muscles, we were actually 
we, we were probably the toughest team that we played in the playoffs uh, physically and what you know if if fighting became a part of it we, we had an answer for every way a team played and I I think the guys saw that they, they saw that they had no no weaknesses going into those those games I, I have a serious coaching question for you and and, and it's, what is John Cooper like to work with or work for in terms of other coaches you you've kind of played for and how is it preparing you if being a head coach is something you want to do how is this whole experience preparing you like is, is this something you see yourself doing at some point uh, I, I, I experience has been great for me I, I, I really only worked under three coaches um, and every, everyone you you know, you learn from a different style. I think the one thing with with Coop that that um, you know whether it sets him apart, but the decisions he makes or the messages that he gives, um, they're given with confidence. And if they go right or if they go wrong, he moves forward with that decision. And I think when the team, you know, the team, whenever you're struggling, you know, as a player, even even the coaching staff. They look for answers and they, they look for belief. And I think Coop's biggest thing is he he goes out of his way to have an understanding of what's going on with the players and with the coaches. And so when he delivers a message or kind of an attitude to the team, it's it's received by the guys as, as the, the message that they need in order to win. And so that, that confidence is probably his, his best attribute uh, as a coach. And, and, and now a less serious question. What's your best Carl Alsner story from, from playing with him? <laughs> I'm squeaky clean. Hope he's got no stories about me. Ozzy <laughs> was, was really good at observing everything and having a running commentary for, for the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny. Like, I go, like the, uh, what was it? The 11-12 season when I was playing with, with Carl, like, I would say my my most memorable conversations and stories were probably sitting in the hot tub with him and John Carlson in the mornings like that was the that was the earliest group so like sometimes when I think of Aussie I think it's sitting in the hot tub which is kind of a weird uh, <laughs> weird memory of it but no I always I always feel as a coach because um, I did as a player but guys guys like uh Alzi were sitting there taking notes of what mental notes of what the coaches were, were saying and doing and what the players were saying and doing and it was it was it was like a, a recorder and he could play it back at any time and <laughs> with any person so yeah was, sometimes uh, sometimes those notes were actually physically taken too in uh in the dressing room which uh at some point I'll have to bust out that story of, of uh, some, some of the notes that I have taken but it is weird though so the hot tub you get you get good conversation sometimes going it's either early morning when guys are still a little bit trying to trying to wake up or or after a game in the cold tub when guys are kind of decompressing so that's uh, yeah. that's when we get the good stuff out right there I, I had one more one more question for you I don't know if you have any more wino but I got to know with how many donuts I've bought at, at Astro Donuts, when am I going to get a percentage of that company? We're, try- we're trying to bring you in. <laughs> I think I, I, I said once we, were, we first opened up, I was trying to get uh, Nikki to, to, to come in, and I told him we'd call it Backy's House of Donuts. I still, I still think that would be a good name. But, I think uh, it would do. Oh, you have, you have a you have a lifetime membership there. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, wait, have you have you seen the Backstrom Ovechkin commercial? 
no. Okay, you 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 need to. We'll we'll talk about this on on when you get here this weekend. But it's the Mass Mutual Ov Backstrom with with Alex's wife is a fantastic commercial. It's must watch TV. Oh. Yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. Is he? How's his acting career going? His wife's acting career is great. She has a real career after this one. I yeah. I, I would say that that Alex Ovi's getting better. I mean, he was chewing while talking without spitting food out unless it was a fake a fake bite that he took and if that's the case then it's going really good because it was impressive yeah. Yeah, he, he was having the ovios too i think it was his own yeah, yeah, cereal yeah. that he was that he was doing anyway um <laughs> uh, any any other any other uh, deals you got in dc uh, other than astro donuts you got a new place opening up or new ventures yeah, anything we, actually, we do but it's, it's kind of in in progress right now but it'll be another astro I, I i can't i can't wait for every astro donut uh, in in dc i i have been to the to the location i guess it's falls church or the arlington border there um yeah we got we've got to we've got to somehow find a way to buy into that with you <laughs> it's it's open it's open <laughs> We're listening to offers yeah uh safe travels here and uh, and thanks for joining us thanks guys we'll see you soon with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Always good to ch- chat with uh, with Jeff Halpern. Uh, with, uh, with Carl Alsner, I'm Steve Wino. This is the uh, All's Caps Podcast. Since we gave uh, Jeff a chance to tell his best stories about you, what is your best story about playing with Jeff? <laughs> I mean, it's it's tough. Like, I mean, Halpy was kind of always... You, you, you kind of saw that he would be a good coach, you know, and, and you would just, you could tell that this is something that, um, you know, may, maybe he never thought about it while he was playing, but he always seemed like he was just another coach on the team, you know, and like you said, I mean, we, we can only, you can only say so many things, but it's funny that he mentioned the hot tub because yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. We had so many good, you know, funny moments, um, just chirping guys, I guess, in the hot tub and guys coming in and, you know, me, me, him and Carly always have our inside jokes. And then next thing you know, someone else would come in and we'd just start chirping them right away. So those are probably my, my best times with Halpy. Um, and, uh, and like we mentioned his, uh, his donut spot, Astro Donuts, when he first opened that too, we were just, they're not a sponsor yet. <laughs> they're not a sponsor yet. No, this is just, <laughs> this is just purely joy for, for us to talk about it. Cause, uh, it's just kind of a weird pivot for uh, for a hockey player sometimes to get into the donut and fried chicken market, but but yeah, no help. Helpy's a, a solid guy, and uh, we've kept in touch over you know his time in Tampa. And I was trying to you know last year trying to bug him for bug him for a job because you could see that they were going to be good again. <laughs> so yeah, no help. Helpy's a good guy, and I'm happy that he was our first guest. Right, and and he is in, in town. Uh, the Lightning play Detroit Thursday night, and they're here play the Caps on, on Saturday night. I know you, the, the opener was not what the Lightning would have liked, mm-hmm. getting, uh, getting beat by the, the Penguins on banner racing night, but what do, you, what do you expect from Caps Lightning? And then the Colorado Avalanche are, are, are in town next week. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm curious to see how, how Tampa responds this next game, and then he kind of maybe see where their direction's going a little bit more. It's still, still so early, but um, I, c- I couldn't imagine two long seasons like that, um, losing a few guys, and then you know, just trying to pick up where they left off. You, you, I mean, we saw when I was here and, and you know, you're the, maybe the best team in the regular season, you just get everybody's best effort, you know. Yep. And it's just, it's tough. You have to be so on every single night. So not only have they won once, they've won twice. And 
and they're the benchmark. So every team is taking them that much more serious as, as we all would expect. And so it's nice to have them. Like this is a tough start for the Caps. Oh just, yeah. Just on paper, like these these teams are, are the best teams in the league, and uh, you know a huge rivalry. The first night they pass that test, and then two of the best teams on paper in the league, and the Caps have to face them. So, it's good in a way because you get to, right away get that test in, um, but at the same time you know you don't really have much time to to really feel things out. And you know and and you know not only this is the staff evaluating some of these players, but you know we are too as as fans as media. Um, just to see what they can do, and what better way than to to have them face off against top end talent? So it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. And then, I mean, I love watching Colorado play. I think most people do. It's a blast. Yeah. We get to see Berkey too, which is always nice. So yeah, th- this is an exciting exciting start to the season. And 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 Colorado did beat Chicago on on opening night. Uh, that the Avalanche are a team that. I, I picked to go to win the Stanley Cup, and this is, that was my my pick going into the season. I think Colorado is is that team. Did you play against Nathan McKinnon? Yes. Oh, yeah. Like how? how? Like how? how? And, and and Connor McDavid, I think, is, is is generally considered the best in hockey. McKinnon's not a, a far away one B right now. Hmm. How do you defend a guy like Nathan McKinnon? Well, I'll give you an example. So when we were in uh, when I was in Montreal, there was one time where he you know did his his famous get the puck inside his zone and skate past everybody at lightning speed, and I was fairly flat footed at the time because my winger had pushed pushed me all the way out. And I always thinking was like, what am I gonna do? Like, I think, how am I gonna attack this? You know, am I gonna try and go stick on puck? Am I just gonna try and lunge at him and see what happens? Or just back all the way into the crease. And luckily, one of our guys came flying in, one of our wingers, and just dove and slid like halfway across <laughs> the ice, like he was blocking a shot, even though he wasn't shooting. And he ended up taking the puck away, and, and McKinnon jumped over him, I think, and fell down. I was like, that's the only way you defend him <laughs> with two guys, and you let someone slide and take away his feet. It's it's insane how how explosive he is, and it's, I guess we sometimes take it for granted watching on TV that a guy is stick handling as fast as he is and going at that speed, because yep. it is so hard to do to have hands that quick and to make decisions that fast and keep the puck on your stick. Like, right. you can watch guys, if, if you're watching a game, pay attention and warm up, and a lot of guys can move their hands quick, but you'll see them lose that puck quite a lot, you know? All it takes is one little slip-up. It and happened to Lars Eller on, on the play last night that went offside. Yeah, exactly. And, and then it would have yeah. been a goal. It would have been Nick Jensen's ridiculous one-timer goal. Yeah. He just lost control of the puck right at the blue line, just at the worst spot, yeah. and the play was offside. That's exactly it. So what happens? So the fact that he can do it at that speed, McDavid can do it at that speed, and, and a very few other guys is, is I mean, it's just next, next level. It's all world, and you just don't see that very often. So he's... I mean, he's a blast to watch. If you're a fantasy player, I'm sure you've you've drafted him right away. Yeah, and just, yeah, he he's great. The same. That's how I was when you talk to guys about McDavid. It's always not that he just skates fast; that he does everything so fast. Oh yeah, absolutely. Ideally for the Capitals, Vitek Vanacek, I would think, is going to start against against Tampa Bay. We're going to see what he has here. But are we going to have to see Samsonov play at some point? Because you mentioned this: two good goalies. The schedule. There are some back to backs coming up on on the schedule, not immediately, but. It, 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 how do you think this goalie situation is going to play out as we go along here the next few weeks and, and months? Well, I'll be the first one to admit I'm definitely no goaltender expert. Um, so it, it's tough to say exactly what they're looking for. Um, did I you think, never play goalie as a kid or anything? Like, this is just not... I, so I did one time, and to pat myself on the back, we had a good team. But, but I think we won the game 12 nothing. I don't <laughs> think I had a shot. So <laughs> that, that was my shutout that I had. So I didn't, I didn't ever play goalie much. It wasn't really for me unless we were playing mini sticks in the basement. Then I enjoyed playing goalie. Um, but, yeah, so this is going to be an interesting uh, battle, I guess, throughout the entire season. You'd, 
you'd love to have someone emerge as the guy, but at the same time, you got two young guys, and you don't want you don't really want one guy to not get the playing time. Sure. So, so say Vitek is the guy, like he he should be the guy. It's just a tough balancing act there, because then you got Samsonov, who's not gonna play as many games, right. and you still want to develop both of them, right? So, it's it's just gonna be a tough it's gonna be a tough play for the coaching staff, and and also a tough play for management because you know. If you think you have your guy, what do you do with the other guy? Do you try and move him while while the price is still high, or do you have them only play twenty games and then try and move him as a backup? You know, it's just kind of a weird. Yeah. It's just a weird situation. Like we we were lucky when we had Holtz and Gruby. You know, two two guys that could be number one goalies, and then you move one out and keep one, and and you don't want to do that because you want to have all those guys in your team, the assets. But it's just one of those things that that they have to make a hard decision. So I mean, I I don't. I don't pick one over the other, but I love guys that are great in the dressing room. And so if there's a way to give one guy a nod over the other, that's something that could come into to play. And I think that's I think that's part of why Vitek got the start on opening night because almost as a nod for last year because of how consistent he was and he was there for this team. And not that the Sam is not going to be a big part of the of the this team this season, but I, I think it was a respect factor for, for Vitek. The great camp he had and, and preseason but also specifically like everything he did last year before getting hurt in the playoffs. And yeah. hopefully we'll, we'll try to get Scott Murray on to talk goaltending at some point mm-hmm. during this podcast because he is a goalie expert or and get people who actually because you and I are not goaltenders, <laughs> so we'll have to be able to talk to somebody who who is. Uh, but you know Nick Backstrom. He got introduced last night, mm-hmm. uh, obviously not in uniform. Nine more games at least without without Nick. He's been skating here by himself. What does this team need to do to survive without Nicholas Backstrom for at least nine more games? Well, I mean, they they've got good players. I mean, they, they don't have Nick Backstrom. There's there's uh, almost nobody that can replace what he does. Um, but at the same time, this is it's a good opportunity for guys to like like. There's been so much discussion about Kuzi, right? And and when they won the cup, he was. You know, he was the guy. He could have easily won the MVP. Um, it was close. It, I, my, my vote went to, to to Alex, but it was yeah. it was a really close between Kuznetsov was the leading scorer. Yeah. Ovechkin drove the play, and and yeah, it was it was it was tight. Yeah, so that it, it gives him a really good opportunity to to be the guy and not really have to worry about you know lo- losing his spot as much. You know, when when he's with Ovi, he's he's great. I mean, he can go he can play with anybody, but. It just gives guys like him a little bit more breathing room, almost to mm-hmm. to go out there and, and play and get comfortable. I think Nick can can slot in. You know, when when he comes back, doesn't really matter how much time he misses. The hard thing will be obviously conditioning once you once you get in and guys have already played ten games and and they're in the swing of things. But it it's just like I said, it, there's opportunity out there right now. Um, you know, back he's not going anywhere for for a while, so it's not like someone's gonna take his job away, but. Um, you almost the, the guys almost have to have that mindset that they're they're playing for for that role right now and and so that the coaching staff knows and with Becky I mean this is something that's kind of bugged him for for years right yeah. there's absolutely zero reason that you rush this thing you know the the team is going to be good enough that they're gonna they're gonna survive and and when he comes in they'll, they'll get better but what well, yeah the training staff is doing the right thing he's doing the right thing just take your time just just relax and and figure it out and it's it's very frustrating as a player when you have a guy, especially a good player, come in and out of the lineup, back and forth, back and forth. When yeah. when you need them all the all the time there, and you know the player wants to rush back for you know a little bit maybe ego because they're they're like yeah I just want to be in the lineup because I want to be in the lineup you know versus like 
I need to be in the lineup at my best to help the team. And so this is this is a good thing that that he's waiting a little bit. But is that Alex Ovechkin too? We asked him last night. He was he was questionable, and I say yeah. that with air quotes to play. And, and, and somebody asked him last night, "When did you know you were going to play?" He said, "After the Philly game. Like at, at the day I got hurt, I knew I was going to be okay." Yeah. So for all the smoke and mirrors, you've seen this guy play through everything. How ridiculous is this? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's it's very impressive. It's uh, I, I don't understand how his his body can recover. The way it does with with what he does to it on the ice and and how hard he plays so it's it's super impressive and there's always injuries that you know when they happen like this is something I'm gonna be able to play with like it might sound bad on the you know on the injury report that he's got someone's got a knee injury or a hand or whatever it is but you, you know pretty quick if it's something that you're gonna be able to play play through and so and he plays for everything. Alex play, has played through so many different injuries over the years. Yeah. He plays for everything. He does play through everything. And that's that's one of the things that you love. Like, I personally love a guy that can, can battle through something. Like, when Brooks Lake was here, and he had, uh, it was like a grade 2 MCL sprain, and you could see he could barely move, and he had this thing so heavily taped. And then he was out there for pregame skate the, the one day. I'm like, how is that possible that he's going to play on that? Like, there's no way he should. He's not going to be able to perform. Sure enough, he he was out there and he could perform, and I'm like, that's uh, that was kind of the taste. Like I, for for me, I'm seeing that this is what guys are doing here. That this is this is how hard they battle to be in the lineup. Okay, I understand now, and I'm going to try and do the same thing. And you played through some injuries too, I'm sure, over the years, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and recuperated, and I'm sure we'll tell some stories over over the next few uh, few weeks and months. But uh, thanks thanks for doing this again, yeah. and we'll uh, we'll talk to you all next week. All right, good stuff.